This is episode 67 with CJ Finley. Welcome to The Athletic Mindset. I am your host, Corey Camp, former Division I swimmer turned personal performance coach. Each week, it is my goal to bring you a unique story of an elite athlete's mindset to help you unlock and discover your life's potential. Today, I had a chance to sit down with CJ Finley, who is the founder of Thrive on Life and a former soccer player himself. What's unique about CJ's story is after he graduated college, he went the traditional corporate world route, much like myself. He was an engineer by trade and found himself successful in that job, yet not fulfilled, not thriving in his day-to-day life. That was when he really decided to pivot and start pursuing his passion. And in doing so, now with Thrive on Life, he helps other entrepreneurs, especially young ones, do the same. He's doing some phenomenal work out of Austin, Texas. And I was fortunate enough that when I was down in his neck of the woods a few months back, he invited me into the Thrive on headquarters, which is a phenomenal space. If you're in that area, I highly suggest you check it out. So without further ado, please welcome on CJ as he drops a ton of knowledge on this one. I know you're going to get a ton of value from it. All right, CJ. Welcome to the Athletic Mindset, man. I'm so happy to have you and be able to just sit down and make this happen. I've said it before. And honestly, the more in-person interviews I've been able to do these past few weeks, they are just head and shoulders above the zoom one so welcome thank you for inviting me into your headquarters here not even your home your headquarters of thrive on life and we're going to dive into all that but how are you feeling today i'm amazing and the main reason is dude welcome to austin texas it's good to see you repping the longhorns big ass smile and i just hope you've had a, a wonderful time here in austin texas and maybe i can convince you by the end of this conversation to move your ass out here <laughs> <laughs> you're not the first person in this area to to give me their pitch so i'm looking forward to it give us a little bit of background about yourself i know you've mentioned to me four sport athlete growing up you talked about being flexible right with things getting canceled having to reroute your i guess priorities uh, with sports how did you get started in athletics though? Not by choice, actually. The reason that I actually started sports at a young age was because I would wake my mom up really early. I'm a very energetic person. Uh, still am today. And when I was about, I think like two or three years old, I would literally be waking up at 6 a.m. with energy. So mm-hmm. the first thing that they did was introduce me to a bat and a tee. And my mom would just put the ball on the tee and then I'd be swinging the bat, swinging the ball off the tee. And that kind of led into, I would be playing, there's videos of me playing soccer at the YMCA at three years old. So like really before I could even talk to my parents, I was playing sports. And a lot of it just had to do with giving me something to put my energy towards that was positive rather than negative. And that just led through my entire life. I just continue to play sports. I found a passion for it. I love being around other people and love the camaraderie that a team gives you. And really ultimately just the challenge that sports kind of put on you. Like training for sports is not fun, but you feel the reward every single day after you kind of dive headfirst into it. Dude, 100%. And it's funny, I'm smiling because I see your shirt is deep, says deeper than fitness on it. And the coaching program I run is called More Than Movement. And I think both of those catchphrases, they're sexy, right? They, you can put them on t-shirts. 
but they embody so much more. And I think that's what sports does for so many of us. The athletics is more than just the training. It's more than just the group of people you're with. Does that resonate with you? Is that what you've taken away from your athletic career up until this point and as you've transitioned to these other endeavors? Yeah, I was literally actually talking to my buddy about this yesterday. I had a meeting and we were talking about how there's a lot of people right now thinking about starting their own thing and Mm -hmm. they're in the corporate world. And now because of COVID, everyone's at home and on Zoom meetings and like they have the time to really think about their lives and what they want to do. And he's one of them and kind of wants to jump ship and, and start his own thing. And he was asking me like what areas of my life kind of helped to actually jump ship and get Mm -hmm. right into it. And immediately I told him, man, the hustle that you have to have in entrepreneurship, I've been doing this since I was a kid, right? And the biggest thing, the story that I have is like when I went into college, I played collegiate soccer and I was commuting to school and doing engineering and playing collegiate athletics. And at the time I was like, this is fun. Like I'm, I'm doing what I love and I'm on my own and I'm just like, I'm attacking life. Mm -hmm. When I look back, I'm like, damn, I was working really hard. Like I wouldn't do that shit today. Like that was, that was a lot. Like I was up at 6am, had to drive 45 minutes to an hour to school, study all day, practice seven to nine at night, and then drive home, repeat over and over and over again. And what that really taught me was like my number one, one of my number one core values is grit. Mm. Like I don't, I'm the type of person where life is going to beat you up. Like life is going to be hard. It's not, a matter of if, but when you're going to go through struggles, no matter if you're rich, poor, something's going to happen. Somebody's going to die. Things are going to go wrong. It's more so how do you respond to things? And sports taught me that literally like you go down a goal. When you don't sit there and cry about it. What do you do? Immediately the whistle blows again. You're like, all right, I need to score a goal now because I want to win. So life is the same way. And that kind of just led into I've always been a gritty person, always been competitive. But as soon as I went into building businesses, I reflected on what other core values did sports teach me? And it was like community, put Mm -hmm. your community, your team first, empathy, understanding the guy next to you. He comes from a different place. And the only way you guys are going to win is if you understand each other. Authenticity, like you want to be authentic when you show up, passionate. The worst thing is when you're playing a sport and you're on a team when the kid doesn't want to be there next to you. Like yep. that would that used to piss me off so much when that kid you're you're busting your ass and you can just clearly tell that this this guy doesn't even want to be here. Like and it's the same thing in business is if you're in business with people that just don't want to be there, it's like that's the worst feeling in the world because you can't change that in someone. Like I can teach someone how to like right now you're on our using my podcast setup, right? Mm -hmm. So I can teach you how to do this, but I can't teach you to be passionate about hosting the podcast. So those core values really embody everything that I strive to do today. And they were all from sports, like for the 20, I think four plus years that I played competitively. Yeah. There's so much to unpack there and just that answer and that story. I think it's really interesting as you were going through that, time of your life where you're commuting, you're you're playing, you're studying engineering, which is not a walk in the park major by any means, obviously. Does was it when you graduated that you were like, holy hell, I was doing a lot? Or when did you have that realization? I think I really realized I was doing a lot when I got into the corporate world and life became nine to five. Mm-hmm. 
And after 5 p.m., I'm like, what the hell do I do with myself? And I'd moved it's, to Nashville. Wait, it's, it's called free time, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. But even with free time, it's like, what do you do with your free time? Yeah. Like, uh, you do what you're passionate about. And I'd always been an athlete. So I had moved to Nashville, Tennessee and I found myself, I joined this underground gym that had like monkey bars and parallettes and a half CrossFit gym. I didn't join like gold gym or somewhere that just had the normal stuff because I was trying to challenge myself. But I also like found myself in there alone a lot. I was like, where is it? I would go at like six, 7 PM. And there were some people in there, but I just, really started thinking like, wow, most people, they're either going through the motions Mm -hmm. and they'll go to work, go to the gym, half-ass it in the gym, go home, watch Netflix, repeat, or they'll be intentional. And for me, it was always about training for something. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I'd always kind of had this extra level when not only did I go from work to the gym, but I went from work to the gym to, I want to build a business to how do I connect with people and build communities? That's when I started realizing, wow, all the skills I had learned prior where I'm studying really hard. I'm trying to be the captain of the team. I'm still trying to be a good friend, family member, person in the community. I'm doing all these things. I'm gone on the weekends, going to my soccer tournaments. So Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a lot of free time when I was a kid or teenager or college student. It paid off so, so much so in the when I got to that corporate atmosphere, though, because the reason I was able to shift my life into more of what I loved was because working after 5 p.m. was the norm for me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, and for a lot of other people, like, oh, it's so hard. Like, I have a job and I have this because I do a lot of consulting, and that's the number one things that come up. Like, oh, I can't yeah. be fit because I just have my job and I have all these things. But I've just been ingrained where it's like, I don't know, it's not an option. It's just. It just never was an option. And once you take that mentally mm-hmm. out of your head, it, you just feel unstoppable, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like I definitely see it in you. I see it with a lot of other former athletes. You're kind of given a choice with that free time. You're either proactive and you fill it with stuff that you feel your passion and like you know what to do with it. And then there's the other side of things. I feel like people are just going through the motions, they, they're given free time and then they fill it with Netflix or and there's nothing wrong with either of them, right? But what I think separates you is you've always shown up with some intention behind the actions Oof. that you're doing. Intentionality, that's literally what I was going to say is I don't care if you watch Netflix, mm-hmm. but if you're going to watch Netflix, intentionally watch, say I'm going to watch this show with my wife tonight to relax mm-hmm. and recover. Don't watch Netflix tonight and then create the habit of I'm going to watch it tomorrow, even though you're kind of just drowning out because I still recover. I still focus a lot of my activity, especially in the morning is focused on mentally preparing and recovery Mm -hmm. and things like that. But I'm super intentional with my time and sports taught that is just like you got to you have a game on Wednesday. You got to get your work done before the game. Because if you're thinking about the work while you're in the game, you're not going to play as well. And if I'm thinking about the game while I'm doing my work, I'm not going to do my work as well. So it was just like all these little things that, I mean, in the time being, you didn't think – like I didn't think like this, right? I was just innately doing it. Then when I got to be a little bit older and I think back, I'm like, wow, like those years where I was just doing all this stuff – just made me who I am today. And that's where today it gets a lot easier to continue that effort. Cause I'm like, wow, when I'm going to be 40, like, I'm just like, I don't even know who I'm going to be. This is exciting because if I just tweak a little bit here and tweak a little bit there, 
the possibilities are endless depending on how I do it. Yeah. I think intentionality is the thing that separates people that are, we're all, we all have 24 hours in a day. I believe you just put something up on social about this recently and that's what got me thinking. But there's a reason why someone like yourself is able to do as much as you do, but still live a balanced life and still live a avoiding burnout kind of style of life. And it's through, I think, intentionality. I think that is the separating factor. How did you develop that in entrepreneurship? Because I think as an entrepreneur, I more recently than you, I find myself struggling with how do I implement intentional breaks and how do I implement like while still moving myself forward, if that makes sense. Another amazing question. I think the answer is it always depends when it comes to stuff like this because I'd have off days. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a robot, but <laughs> as much as I try to be super disciplined and move the needle forward, when I reflect, it's, it's less about what I am doing and more about what I'm not doing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people conflict. They try to put more on their plate. And I've been telling myself, do less, but better a lot more mm-hmm. recently. And the reason I've been like really reflecting on that is because, again, we have 24 hours in a day. And how do you prime yourself to achieve as much as possible in those 24 hours? The problem with thinking like that is there isn't just 24 hours. Like if you mm-hmm. survive to the next day, it's a very long game, right? So you have to think, well, what am I not doing today? What am I not going to do today to set myself up for success tomorrow? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to stay up late. I'm not going to take on baggage from other people. So kind of what flipped my script is what am I not willing to do? And that allowed me to just focus on like, what does CJ love to do? Mm-hmm. And when you do what you love, you just have exponentially more energy. I don't feel like there's anything being taken from me mm-hmm. versus showing up to a nine to five took so much energy from me that doing anything else just seemed like climbing a mountain. Now I did it anyway, because innately, again, I was an athlete. I just did it. You just Mm -hmm. do it. You just have the discipline. But now today it's like, I mean, I was up at six. I got done my reading, my meditation, my run all by 730. I was coming over here for my first meeting at nine. And then I went and did a podcast before this. Like it's, And then it's going to go till 9 p.m. tonight. If you told me to do that with stuff I don't love though, ain't going to happen. Yeah. And I think what's huge there too is like you don't let those other things bleed into the next. You know what I mean? You're, I think the best people are able to be, again, showing up with intention but clearing their mind of like, oh, this meeting didn't go well but I have the next thing. It's that next play mentality that you touched on earlier of soccer. I want to touch on your journey though into entrepreneurship because – you didn't graduate college and go right into this. No. You worked the traditional engineering job. What made you shift? And what was that like for you? Death <laughs> and fear of death. Many people, I came out of college with debt. I had to get a nine to five because I had to start paying that down. I chose money over happiness because mm-hmm. of that debt. And early on, 
what that caused was it didn't matter that I was making more money because I was spending more money on stupid shit because I was filling a void. So by stupid mm-hmm. shit, it's like going on dates, spending $300 at the bar, paying for my friends for stuff because of my ego gets the best of me. And I'm like, Oh, I got this great job. I'll pay for you. Just come out to fill that ego. And then you go home at the end of the night and you're just like empty. You're mm-hmm. just like, I don't like my job. I don't necessarily like what I'm doing with my time. I don't necessarily like the people I'm around. You start having those questions in your mind. And what kind of broke it for me was, and it's funny because I just wrote an email about this this morning on my newsletter. Four years ago in November is when I had decided that Mm -hmm. I was going to go 100% entrepreneurship. And what happened was my grandfather was really ill in by really ill, I mean, he was dying. He was going to die within the next month or two. And this was like October of 2016. And my dad was taking care of him in Florida. And I was booked to go to a trip there to just basically say goodbye mm-hmm. and, and help my dad out a little bit. They had a hurricane there. And because of the hurricane, my flight got canceled. Because my flight got canceled, I wasn't going to work that morning anymore. I wasn't supposed to go to work. I was supposed mm-hmm. to be on the flight. Because my flight got canceled, obviously, I got to go to my job now. I don't want to take an off day right, and waste one of my off days for no reason. In my garage, somebody hits my car, and I just bought this car for this job. And there's a point to this story. Two days later, so that was a Friday morning. Mm -hmm. So I go to work, and I tell them I'm going to be late. Someone hit me. Two days later, Sunday morning, I'm out training one of my clients because I was doing part-time personal training at the time, building up my business as I was working full-time. And somebody else hit me when I came back. I was parked in my garage waiting for them to pass me. She accidentally hit the gas and hit me head on. Two days later, he dies. So I'm sitting there. I was like, I didn't even get to go on this trip. I didn't get to help my dad. I see my dad. My car is now fucked up. And I'm sick too. Like I was sick at the time. I have celiac disease and I was losing weight. I was too stressed. That was really what Mm -hmm. was happening. And I just remember my wife, she was my fiance at the time, Aaron, and just telling her, like, I can't do this anymore. I was just like, I got to the point where she's the love of my life and I I stuck out a lot of things. I moved. I did a lot of things where I put myself second and I finally got to the point where it was just like, I'm going to bet on myself. And I kind of got to the thing in my head where I was willing to lose everything that I had been Mm -hmm. to kind of mold into somebody that I wanted to become. And January 2nd, I walked into my job. I kind of set it up where I was like, I'm going to start a new year, like flying. Yeah. And I set myself up, saved for the next two months, set myself up, joined a startup hub January, literally the day I quit, joined a startup hub in Houston where I was living and put a down payment on getting my nutrition certification. I got the nutrition certification because I was trying to learn more about food and food Mm -hmm. science for my personal health, as well as if any of my clients were asking me about it. So that set me up really to to just hit the ground running. But what really got me into the world of entrepreneurship was self-reflection and being like, wow, like what is it do I really want to do in this world? And there's a part to the story that I didn't tell, but I'll do it real quickly. My aunt died of colon cancer at 40, my dad's Mm -hmm. sister. And She got it at 37 and I have symptoms that if I don't take care of them could potentially lead down that path. And once I hit 25, 
which was that that January I was turning 26. I was in, I kind of had this quarter life crisis where I was like, man, I got to make every heartbeat count. Like I don't if if I died today, I would be I'd be not a happy camper like mm-hmm. with how my life was going. So then I just decided from that moment on, I'm gonna work as hard as it takes to turn my life around in the direction that I wanted it to go. And I really just had to completely rebuild everything because I wasn't an entrepreneur. I knew nothing about entrepreneurship other than, I mean, I was an entrepreneur innately. Like Mm -hmm. I've always hustled and worked side jobs and made money and invested, but I didn't know anything about how do you build a business? How do you scale a business? How do I build a team? How do I cultivate ideas that other people want to get attached to and grow? I knew nothing about any of that. So Mm -hmm. I literally just went back to school is what I say. And this is what I tell everybody. You're willing to pay tuition 50 grand to 100 grand on a piece of paper, but most people aren't willing to throw the same type of money into something that could generate money for you. So I took the same mindset of like, okay, I paid 50K. I came out of school with 40K in debt. Well, now why don't I just do that to the same thing and just attack something that could actually make me future money mm-hmm. and future wealth and just started paying my tuition is how I kind of went about it. Dude, I love I love that story. One, thank you for sharing the in-depth that you did. It's not easy to do. What I love there really is you are a prime example of being a, a victor of your circumstances rather than a victim. All those things, and it could be any of those. It could be as something as small. The smallest part of that whole story was someone hit your car. Like that was the least of your worries in the grand scheme of things. Hey, I didn't even care about the car. What was that pivotal moment for you though? Why did you shift to being a victor and being like, I have total control over this. I have total control over my life, the choices that I'm making and kind of break away from that traditional way of thinking. I'm just, I'm just, you know, this sucks. Like this sucks. My car got hit. My grandpa, you know, like flight got canceled, all this. <laughs> it's funny because my brain is thrive on life. But I think, yeah. I think I think about death a lot more than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And it, two scenarios. I sit there and I'm like, this sucks. Well, I'm still here. Or I sit there and I go, this sucks, but what do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. I'm still here. Like you're still, you still have to deal with life no matter what. So you might as well just do the latter where it's like, this fucking sucks, but I'm going to make the best of it. And you know what? Now I know that I'm at zero. The only way is up. And I think a lot of people never look like when they're stuck in a problem, they don't look at it as like, oh, well, the only way is up from here. Mm-hmm. I can't go back. Like, what are you going to take from me? That's really what I, if, if you stare at death head on and you're not afraid to die, what are you going to take from me? You're going to take my house, my clothes, my car, whatever. I'm still going to win. That's how I look at it because like, I'll just go hustle, make a dollar, go get my food, barter that, do something else. Like you're not going to beat me. So as soon as I kind of got to that mindset where no matter what, you can't take what's inside of me, Mm. then you, you're literally the master of your world because too many people are worried about like, I got to pay, like, I need healthcare. I got to have this job because I need healthcare. That's not healthcare. Like healthcare is waking up and drinking lemon water instead of chugging two bottles of fucking coffee and stimulating yourself. Healthcare is going on a run rather than going to the bar after work. Like that's healthcare. Mm-hmm. Most people don't view it that way though. And they let all these other external factors control their lives because they're afraid to lose things. We hold on to things because ultimately we're afraid of the ultimate thing, which is death. And as soon as you address that, and as soon as 
I think I had to address that at an earlier age than most because I was sick. Like I was literally shitting blood. Like mm. when you're 25 and you're like, I'm in the peak of my life. Like what the, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Like, right. And your wife clearly knows something's wrong. You see the, the pain in her eyes and she's like, I start thinking, what if we have kids and then I die? Like, mm-hmm. like, and she's left with two kids under five years old. Like all these things start running through my head that I don't think most 25 year olds are thinking about. <laughs> I mean, you just, I'm 25. About, yeah. So yeah, I, like I that's what I was thinking <laughs> about. Right. And that forced me to really like look in the mirror and say, if everything was taken from me, what would I be willing to do on a daily basis that I'm still like happy? And mm-hmm. it's conversations like this. It's everything I do in my daily life now, that's where I'm at. It, it took, I'm now four and a half years in. So it took mm-hmm. just like school, it took paying all that tuition to now I feel confident in where I'm going because college is really just about the first two years is finding yourself. And the next mm-hmm. two years is when it starts to become fun. Junior, senior year start to become fun. First two years are very stressful for a lot of people. Entrepreneurship is the same way. First two years, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Don't really know what I'm doing. I'm stressed. I'm not making that much money. And then year three comes along. It's like, wow, like I'm actually making enough to not just survive, but now I'm starting to thrive a little mm-hmm. bit. Then year four comes around. Now I have the office and it's just like, wow, I can build a team. And it's just the college mentality is kind of to go back to the sports is what made me realize like Michael Jordan took seven years to win a championship. The best player ever (laughs) the best player ever took seven years and he lost time and time again before that. So I haven't had enough elves yet to really get to my true W's. Mm -hmm. And that's really succinctly to answer that question of, what keeps me at it is, is that is just like, I'm not afraid to lose. Like you can take everything from me. This office we're in, you could take that from me. I'll just keep mm. going. Cause what do I have to lose? Like, yeah. what is it? <laughs> like, it's funny. I want to, I want to touch on one thing that really stood out there to me was the being proactive with your healthcare and being proactive with your lifestyle and just health in general is so overlooked. It's all, it's always, I think as a society, we look at it backwards. It's like, oh, I got fat and now I need a trainer. Well, it's like, well, what if you just had a trainer beforehand and you never got fat? Then like, you're good to go. We have sick care, not health care. That's really what it is. Exactly. It's a huge, huge difference. And I'm happy to be sitting with a like-minded person that thinks the other way. Because yeah, if you can take care of the the maintenance on the car, so to speak, before it needs to go to the shop, like you never need to go to the shop. In a way, well, if you ask one of these people, and you know, sometimes it needs to go to the shop, but even if yeah. it goes to the shop, it spends less time at the shop. Yeah. But I was just on a podcast and I was talking about even the pe- like, let's say that that person, right? Mm-hmm. That's not us, that doesn't take care of themselves. If they bought a car, a premium car, I guarantee you they put premium gas in it. Mm. They're putting premium energy into all the things that are materialistic, except for the number one thing that matters the most. Yeah. And that's ourselves. And it's it's absolutely mind-boggling to me how people do this. They put premium energy into going to the top schools that don't guarantee you shit, the top jobs that don't guarantee you happiness, mm. the fame and the fortune that none of that guarantees you anything. But what does health guarantee you? A chance at all of it. It's I'm just having a huge grin on my face because I, a few weeks ago I posted a tweet that was like you wouldn't put premium fuel into – or you wouldn't put like low quality grade fuel into a Ferrari. Yeah. 
just wouldn't. Like, but yet all of us are going through our day to day and they're putting low quality grade fuel into our bodies, whether it's through the food or the activities we're doing. Like, start so treating you your stem, body like that. But then you stem from, okay, so why? I'm always mm-hmm. like, I always ask you, if you listen to my podcast, I'm always like, why? So, why are people willing to put premium grade fuel into a Ferrari, but not themselves? They don't think of themselves as a Ferrari. That's why. Yeah. So most people don't look in the mirror and say, most people are insecure. Most people are not confident. Most people don't like their life. So why would they put premium fuel in? They want, they wouldn't, they yeah. don't view themselves as a Ferrari. And I thought about a lot about this when I was a personal trainer is the key to success of a trainer is not helping people lose weight. Yeah. It's teaching them how to be the Ferrari in every single scenario. Like, a good instance is like if you're training males, like really why males want to lose weight, they won't tell you, is they probably are getting to the stage where they haven't found a mate and they want a girl mm-hmm. and they're not confident and they want to get in shape because they are thinking in their head like I'm never going to find anybody unless I do this. That's the number one motivating factor for a lot of males out there, right? But the way to get them to think like that is not to basically change the way he looks. It's to change the way he thinks. Mm-hmm. It's Hey, you look like this. That doesn't matter. There's like, here's a use case of all the times it didn't matter, right? What we need to change is every girl that you go to the bar, every person you see in the bar tonight, all I want you to do is just say hello to them with a smile. Mm -hmm. And you start on the very ground level of like, I'm not asking you to ask anybody out. I'm not asking you to walk up to anybody. Anyone that sees and makes eye contact to him, just wave and say, hello. I hope you're having a nice day. And you start there and you build incrementally mm-hmm. the momentum. And then once they build off of that, hey, hello, and that person just smiles and says hello back, one ounce of confidence grows, right? Then in one of those hellos, the girl's going to start the conversation. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, wow, like now I'm in a conversation. It had nothing to do with their weight and everything had to do with their mind. And then once their mind shifts a little bit, the weight starts coming off because they get determined to do it even more and more mm-hmm. and more. And I'm using that analogy because it can be used with males, females, and any aspect of life, whether you want a new salary, you want to lock up a new gig. All it takes is to just say hello, shoot your shot. It might happen. It might not. But like the confidence is what really sets that person up for that success and they have to believe that they're ferrari even if they're the fucking honda civic i was about to say you started you have to step into that before you are that and i think that's the biggest disconnect people think of be it before you become it yeah to get started talk to me about thrive where you know where did that come from i think it's awesome what you guys do as far as just helping other people especially business owners, if I'm wrong, like other entrepreneurs just grow and thrive their brand. What inspired you into making that your full on passion and and life essentially? So if you're, if you're listening to this and you want to start something and you want to do something, I'm going to tell you right now that just starting with the minimum viable product or service. Like Mm -hmm. what are you good at right now? What are you passionate about? That's where you want to get your foot in the door. So Thrive really just started as a personal journey of me and an IG showing how I'm going to quit the corporate world and thrive. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know who I was going to do it with. But every single day I just told myself, I'm going to showcase and document the journey of somebody that didn't like his life and Mm -hmm. is going to bust his ass and change his life. 
And what it eventually turned into, like I was personal training and I was helping with health. And because I'm a systems engineer, I actually grew my business pretty quickly because what inhibits scale is systems. Like Mm -hmm. you only have so much time in a day to talk to people, email people, make your website. But if you're, I went to school for four years and spent a pretty penny on learning like how to reverse engineer and just have everything set up before I even started. And I got a pretty good amount of clients pretty quickly, set up all my invoicing systems, set up all that stuff fairly quickly. And Instagram had just come out with stories and DMs were got hot and you could talk to people and people would see me and be like, oh, how are you doing what you're doing? And I started talking to other trainers and I'd be like, well, do you have this? Are you doing it this way? Mm. And they're like, no, dude, like this shit is stressful. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, I can help you. And then trainers know a lot of people. So what they would do is connect me with other people Mm. that were trying to start things. And then I would help them. And it just started with what I loved. It was like content, social media, storytelling. But then what I found out what they really needed was I'd be like, well, are you doing your taxes? And they're like, no. And I'm just like, you do know that if you just got an LLC and actually did this a legitimate way, like you could spend a little bit of capital, like, and write that off. And then this capital that you spent, like these headsets you're wearing, right? Mm-hmm. Say someone wanted to start a podcast. We'll start up the LLC, put the headsets on a, on a credit card, get the podcast going, and then use it as a write-off at the end of the year. Rather, if you put it under your personal, like you don't get mm-hmm. that option. Like that's just not how it works. And it's higher risk. So just learning these little things because I'm just a nerd, I realized other people weren't doing these and the personal trainers were connecting me with other business owners. Long story short, I then had to figure out, okay, how am I even scalable? We came up with a slogan to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Mm-hmm. And what that really means is I sit down with small biz- other small businesses or freelancers that are mission-driven, want to make an impact, but are just feeling stuck. Like they don't know how to get to that next level because they've never been there. And I've worked with companies that are generating over $100,000 a month. So I see like how you get to that point. And Mm -hmm. then I reverse engineer that down to the person that's only making zero to five to 10K a month. And this is how we're going to get you from 10K a month to 20K a month to 50K a month to 100K a month. Now you're a million dollar business, Mm -hmm. right? So that's kind of where I sit today. And then eventually the goal is to be an angel investor and invest in early stage startups because I'm obsessed with people that they have the grit, they have the ability to put something out there. They just don't have all the resources and all the knowledge yet. Mm. And yeah, that's, that's, it's a long story, but I, I tell like that because I want people to realize that I didn't just put in my head, like, this is where I'm going to be in four years. It was like, no, it started with what was I good at? I was already an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm really good with helping people gain weight, lose weight, build muscle, be strong. I was an athlete. So I understood like what you need to eat, what you need to do, what regimen you need. That was the easy part. The hard part was, was really waking up, reading every day, waking up, studying, like then that became a habit. Now that's not the hard part. The hard part now is like, wow, I have so many different avenues I can go down. What do I say yes to? Like real quickly in your journey, you'll go from Wow, I don't, I don't have any clients to, wow, I have clients, but now I'm really stressed because I don't know where to go next. And that's the stressful point that I help a lot of people out of. That's a great point. I think when you start to pivot and you're like, 
now I have all the options. Now I can do everything. How do I navigate what option is right for me right at this moment? What option is right for me a few months from now? And what option is like, it's really shiny, but I can't touch it at all because it's going to ultimately lead to a failed business or anything like that. How'd you navigate that? So I didn't in the beginning. <laughs> I was in a couple other startups before this and they taught me a lot of lessons. That's what I'll say about it. They taught me a lot of lessons. I met a lot of amazing people. I had a lot of amazing experiences, but along the way I learned what was not for me and what I was willing to do and not willing to do. And that just takes time. So mm. that's where, again, I would say you can't, you can't beat time. So you just need to get in and you just need to hustle and you need to meet people and you need to reduce your ego and be willing to be coached. And I think that's what I noticed. Like the upper echelon of entrepreneurs are always coachable. Mm. And by the time I'm 70, I'm going to be sitting with 80 year olds that have done things 80 times more than I have. Right. Like I'm just going to consistently sit with other people that are sharpening me. And they're really the ones that kind of help guide you on They'll ask you the questions, they'll grill you, and you're just like, nah, that didn't really feel right. Like, I don't want to do that. A good example is when I first got in, I thought I wanted to grow this really big company. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to have 100 employees. I want to like tackle the world. As I'm approaching my 30s, I start realizing like, that's actually not my strength. My strength is I love conversation, I love to read, I love to write. I love to go on walks with my wife. I started really realizing like what would a hundred employees in, inhibit me from doing? Like what would making yeah. this big ass company? Cause my ego, when you first get into entrepreneurship takes hold of you. Once you reduce that ego and you're like, what, what are my strengths and what do I love to do? What will I do if I didn't even get paid for it? And it's my email campaigns. I'll write all day. I love writing podcasting. I'll, I'll do this. I'm doing three today. I would literally do three every day. <laughs> If I could survive doing that, working out, I love to work out. I love to skateboard. I love to ride bikes. I just started listing off things I love to do and how, how do I integrate entrepreneurship into those things mm -hmm. in every aspect? So I'll end with this. One of the things I mentioned, I love fitness. Okay. Well, in fitness, you're wearing shoes, socks, clothes, whatever. So like, how do I partner with fitness companies where I provide value to them mm -hmm. by wearing the stuff and showcasing their product to other people? That's entrepreneurship. It's solving a problem. This, this company, Roan, shout out to Roan, supplies me with clothes to then get out into the community. I believe in their mission. I believe in their brand. I believe in everything that they do. They believe enough in me to get out there and do the same thing. Happy, happy marriage, right? And that's where in the corporate world, I never even saw that. I never mm -hmm. even thought, thought of that. Right. But you just mold your life together. And in one sentence for me, entrepreneurship is being the same person, in every room you ever walk into before that I labeled myself as an athlete, an engineer, mm -hmm. a this or a that. But as an entrepreneur, I'm just CJ. Like, that's it. I do a bunch of a different, of different things. Cause people will be like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. And I just like, it's too hard to answer. <laughs> That's huge because I think people tie up their purpose and their identity in what they do. And I think you just summed it up perfectly where like you have detached from that. Like, yes, you can be CJ, the personal trainer. You can be CJ, the podcaster. You can be like all the things, but overall at the end of the day, you're CJ Finley. Yeah. And we'll take you as is. It's perfect. <laughs> and I wish everyone did that. Like I yeah. wish like 
people try to box you into what they believe is a safe thing mm. so that they can label you and put you into their brain as that CJ is this person. But like for me, it's just a different thing on a different day. It's just all of me. And I think that helped going back to our health, healthcare, mm-hmm. sick care thing. My health is the best it's ever been because I am the, the most me I've ever been. Mm. I was holding back so much when I wasn't me, when I tried to fit into the box. As soon as I got out of the box and just started becoming me and like, that's what thriving is. That's what I consider thriving. Yeah. Like most people are driving to their job, just surviving. They never thought to themselves, like if I died on this commute, cause I, the chances are high. Like you're driving there every day. Say you work at the same job for 20 years. The chances mm-hmm. are high. If you died on that commute, would that commute and that job be worth your death? I guarantee you 99% of the people would say no. I'm like, why do you have that job then? It's a crazy way to put it in perspective, but people need to do it. I do love they? that. I, I think they need to take a step back. And, oh, need? And, uh, I no, thought no, you no. meant they need no, to Yeah, they job. need to stay in it. No, I'm not advocating that. <laughs> what I'm advocating is for people to check in with themselves more and take an assessment of And if the answer is – and I want to come off clear here. If the answer is I need this job now. Mm-hmm. Because it provides me the salary to do X. That's it. That's called intentionality. Mm-hmm. You've at least thought about it. But how many people are like they get the job and they stay there for twenty years without ever thinking about that stuff? Yeah. Like you blink and it's it's gone over. And you're like retiring. college, man. I yeah. went five and a half years because I was an athlete and transferred and had to take an extra year. That went so fast. I can't believe I've been out for six plus years now. It's like so fast. Again, you blink. And like even I think as you set intention with what you do on a day-to-day basis, it's like it can still feel like it's going by. Walk me through a day in the life of yourself. What does that look like? You mentioned the reading meditation run early on. Is every day different? Or what's like the ideal framework for you? So every day is different and the reason that every day is different is it's it's literally statistically impossible to make every day the same. Like when you wake up, you feel a little bit different than you did the day before. Like I judge my life off of what is this day bringing me? And a lot of it is when I wake up, I try to prime myself to understand that as quickly as possible. So if I wake up, every day looks like probably wake up 5.45 to 6.15. And then that's on the weekdays. On the weekends, sleep until eight. Sleeping in. So, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Sleep, well, sleep in, I guess. Some, sleeping in depends on, this is where people get it wrong, is like they think a time is yeah. what. I, I sleep until eight on Saturdays. Well, it's not really sleeping in. I get the same amount of sleep, but I go to bed at 12 yeah. on a Friday night versus I go to bed at 1030 on a, on a weeknight. So I try to just, a lot of it is just the amount of hours, which is, Seven. I try not never get less than seven if I have to. That's just what works for me, and I advocate find what works for you. I don't have a set set time frame for that, but I I do say focus on your sleep. That's the number one thing for recovery. But then my phone is outside of my room. I don't look at the phone. The reason I do that is because I want to feel myself, not in a weird way, <laughs> like really be self aware and feel like how am I feeling that morning. Like check mm-hmm. in with myself. I go downstairs. I drink a full Yeti. It's probably 32 ounces of L-glutamine, salt. That size? Yeah, that size. Roan gave me this. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Corey just showed me his Yeti bottle. If So I have L-glutamine, lemon juice, and salt. 
with my morning vitamin by Thorn. It's the best in the game. Then I probably do that. That probably takes like 10 minutes. Mm. Step outside, listen to the birds for like a minute. And then it varies from there. Uh, some days, no, it varies after I read. I then the only non-negotiable in any of this, because again, I'm just telling you generally what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, my habit, it change it changes if I'm on vacation or if I have a hectic work week, like it's always varying. But the one non-negotiable is reading. The reason that I made that the non-negotiable, at least 10 pages, is because I thought over a 50-year span, how do I, I'm competitive, how do I get a leg up on everybody else out there? And everyone talks about exercise, meditation, sleep, all these things. Nobody talks about the impact that just reading 10 pages, getting your day started with 10 pages. And usually 10 pages turns into, I read like probably 40 now Mm. a day, what the impact that that has over your lifetime. Like it's just absolutely astronomical. The average person, fun fact, watches four and a half to five hours of TV a day. Yeah, that much. Just Google it. That's nine weeks a year. Nine weeks. So while that person is spending nine weeks drowning out, I am getting a leg up in all areas of my life. And all I have to do is read for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. After that, it always varies. I either get on the Peloton, I go for a run, I go for a walk, I listen to an audible. That is all predicated on, do I have a meeting coming up? Do I have three hours to just do whatever? It always depends on that day. But that's how I kind of start the day. I fast till 11 or noon every single day, try to finish my eating by eight. I'm a very big process guy. Everything is process oriented, system oriented. I do the same thing day in, day out, eat the same foods for pretty much the same Mm. day in, day out. That started with sports as well. But yeah, from they vary, but like most of the time, that's what my days kind of look like. And in terms of like business and stuff, it's always, that's always different. Like depends on what goals we have set. And that changes every quarter because as an entrepreneur, Again, I adjusted my my goals of building this big-ass company to building a company that allows me the time to do the things that I want to do in my life. Yeah. I think goal-driven is huge. I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> your, your goals are right behind me here on the set. That's huge, man. I, I love that. And I, like I said earlier, you show up with intention. Give me your top three places in Austin to check out. One, selfishly, because I'm in town. But two, for those people, number one is right here. You're already sitting in the chair. So you come to Austin, Texas, hit me up. I love connecting with new people. And if you come through here, you can kind of get the gist on where to go and who to see and who to meet and stuff like that. So definitely come through here. Um, But no, I'm not going to be that facetious. So (laughs) top three, in my eyes, it's so hard because there's so much to do. I'll go with if you're an athletic person and you like to be outside I highly recommend going and getting a paddleboard and paddling down Ladybird Lake near Barton Springs and just seeing the city from that view. That's probably going to sell you on wanting to live here. Second thing I would do, and I'll combine these two, is Barton Springs and Zilker Park. We host ACL during October. We didn't this year because of COVID, unfortunately, but ACL out there, if you've never been, you have to come once in your lifetime. It is an awesome experience. Like, I don't even know how they set that up, like how Zilker becomes that. It's just an awesome experience. And then I would say, hmm, again, this is a tough question. There's a lot of awesome things to do in Austin. Shout out to my buddy David, owner of Float on Boat Rentals. 
I work with him on a lot of different projects and man, there's just, there's just something about being on a boat with your friends during summertime in Austin, Texas, and just it's 30 minutes outside the city. So within 30 minutes, you go from this badass city to being on a lake somewhere mm. with your friends and just having a blast. I love that. All yeah. different unique things centered around. I think what Austin and Texas in general does really well is just it's a fit happening place and it's fun outdoors pretty much year round, which is what's appealing to me here, obviously. One last question before we wrap things up here for you. You coin yourself as a life hacker. What's one thing in the past year that you've come across or started to implement that is just life-changing and that someone listening into this would be like better implementing into their day right now? So I actually don't have anything that implemented into my day, but I did do something that kind of changed my life forever. It's called a SpectraCell micronutrient test. I took this test and learned what micronutrients I was lacking in, and then I could supplement across the board for them. What that then spiraled into is I'm reading, I bought a book on how to read blood work, and I've started to be able to understand blood work and get my own blood tests. And that's kind of like, it's not really a life hack because anybody can do it, but nobody's doing it. They all go to the doctors and the doctors give them the generic blood panels and Basically, the generic blood panels just give you a range of pretty much what I consider unhealthy people. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be the upper echelon and you want to push yourself to the limit and you want to understand where you're sitting at, you need to have data on yourself over a time frame. So what I started doing this year is collecting that data so that over this next five years, and again, I started doing it because I was reflecting my wife and I want to hopefully be blessed with kids in the future. I'm going into my 30s. I want to have a whole decade of what my health looked like and not just I look great, I feel great. Like I want statistical data so that if even if the chance is that I do get ill, I'll know exactly the markers that I should be looking at and the exact time frame they started going off and I can reverse whatever that is quicker than most people because my aunt that died of colon cancer, the reason that happened was they caught it too late. So if I can catch things really early, that's all predicating on being proactive with your Mm -hmm. blood work. And one of the tests that really showed me that like, wow, I need to be studying this is the micronutrient test. There was a lot of different vitamins and minerals that I was lacking that I had not even thought about. I'm like, I look great. Why do I feel like shit? Right. But there was just little things that I just wasn't absorbing from food that if I just took a little pill, it it completely, I feel like a a different human being. Yeah. Aesthetics are great, but it's what's underneath the hood that uh, really matters oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. I just want to, one, acknowledge you for the way that you show up, CJ. It's fun to watch. We've been connected for a few months, and I know my life is impacted for the better because of it, and just the value that you're constantly putting up. I mean, the first conversation we had was really an hour of you coaching <laughs> me on my business. I was like, I just want to learn more about you, dude, and you're just constantly providing value. So I want to say thank you for that. It's also cool to get a little peek of like, it's eerie how similar our stories are of like, you left your job at 25. I left my job four months ago at 25 and now you're forcing to it. It's like, these numbers are crazy. What is next for you and where can those listening in kind of follow both you and thrive on this journey from here? 
Yeah. So first off, thank you for seeing me as somebody like that. And I just pride myself in being as somebody is putting myself in other people's shoes. I know what it's like to be 25. I I value you so much that you're even flying out here and testing different things. It, It just reminds me of myself. And for me, I always think back to if I'm in that chair, what would I want? And what what I want versus what what I need, and what we want is we want to like maybe pick the brains of people and do all these different things. But what I try to do is when you leave here with Thrive, I want you questioning where you're going and why you're going there because that's really what's going to help you get to that next level. So that's kind of like where that value comes from. Is just like, have you thought about this, 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 and this? Mm-hmm. Just to leave you with those questions because. You're a sharp dude. You're competitive. You're going to get there. Some of the questions that I wasn't asking myself at 25. So I appreciate you valuing that. And then I'll keep this short and sweet because I've some of my answers were long on here today. But we want to – this office I have until the end of 2021 – the goal after that is to invest in a sprinter van and travel around for a year and spread the Thrive mission single-handedly through the van. And it's one of the things that I started thinking, oh, I haven't really traveled outside of the country. I mean, I've been to Europe one, uh, twice. I've been to Mexico and Canada, but like I haven't really seen the world. Mm-hmm. Then it came to thinking, well, I haven't really seen the U.S., when I really think about it, like I've seen the big cities, but I haven't seen like the land of the U S and I want to see it before I kind of, I want to be a global citizen one day. Mm -hmm. So before I do that, I think we're going to kick off our thirties with uh, a country, a West coast country road trip in a sprinter van and just spread the the thrive love, man. That's kind of where we're going. It's a huge mission. And it's something we said too. I like the grassroots approach almost of spreading it. It's, almost it's going against the grain right of social media everyone's trying to scale on that but like i've realized today in this conversation you can't replace the in-person and the the quality of content that that and value that that brings to both one both of it's us selfish said, i yeah. am selfish that's how i look at it it's just yeah. like do i want a hundred million dollars which i could get to if i scaled something from my bedroom and worked there 12 hours a day mm-hmm. Or do I want a badass story one day to tell my grandkids? Impact Which one do man. I want to live? Like I can impact so many more people deeply and rooted if I just meet – like the first thing I'm going to do is like you were talking about potentially moving out to LA. So if we go out there, it's like, yo, who should I meet in the van? Who should I, mm-hmm. who should I interview while we're in this van? Like I just want to meet people and live it. If I'm going to preach Thrive on Life, I need to live that shit. And up to this point, I have, but I'm always looking at what's the next level to living mm-hmm. that. The next level to that is like, damn, do something scary. Get, living in a van scares the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. Like, like, it just scares me because there's so many things that you're going to yeah. have to learn and do. And so that is the epitome to me of thriving on life is taking the challenge head on and doing things that most people wouldn't do. Yeah. You practice what you preach, man. I see it. I hope those listening in see it or he- listen to it and hear it. So I just, again, thank you, man. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it there. Heck yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate you for even considering me as somebody to be on the podcast. We're going to get you right on the Thrive on Life podcast. And y'all, stay tuned. There we go. Awesome. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with CJ. What I really love in speaking with him is his unique perspective. He's not afraid to challenge the norm of our society and take 
matters into his own hands. He's not going to let other people tell him how he's supposed to feel. He's going to make that determination for himself. Something that I think all of us can wake up to a little bit more in our day-to-day lives. I want to take a second as well to talk to you about two exciting new opportunities that you can be found on my website, www.coreycamp.com. We have a wellness retreat that is happening tomorrow, December 19th at 9 a.m. Eastern time. It spans everything from yoga to breath work and meditation to a follow along cooking demo, hit workout and a extended presentation by yours truly. I also have a unique opportunity for you with a 30-day intensive course that I designed with you in mind. It's called Transition Training. And this is essentially a 30-day intensive program that I wish I had when my days of athletics ended. It is 30 daily videos with mindset activities attached to really become thought-provoking and help you get to know yourself at a level that you never have before. It's all reinforced with 30 days of guided workouts. And you can follow along with me in the videos as well as I break down each and every move that you'll be doing, the reasoning behind why you are doing what you are doing, and helping you kickstart a new healthy habit as we go into 2021 together here. If you haven't done so already, please, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend, family member, or teammate. Leave us a review on iTunes if you're listening onto that platform. And remember, if you can change your mindset, you can change your life. So start there and watch everything unfold. I will see you all next week.